This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and on Steelers.com. Quarterback Carousel absolutely went crazy earlier this week. Which quarterback do you want to start with? Because there's about three there's a, of them out there. There's about here. a billion out there that we could talk about. Exaggeration. A little bit. Exaggeration. Wilson, Wentz, both on the move. Aaron Rodgers staying put. Let's start there, actually. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers. Probably the Rogers, easiest guy to talk staying about. Staying put. In Just because it's the same team. The easiest guy to talk about, but also, I got a bone to pick with him a little bit. And I understand that this is the savvy move to do to get all these reports out there and drum up all this doubt that I might not come back to Green Bay. I might look to go elsewhere and end my career on a different team. I understand that this is a business and that is a good play as far as trying to drive the price up for the Packers. Get get yourself paid like a back-to-back MVP should deserve to be paid, and that probably translates to the highest-paid quarterback in the history of the NFL, which he will become. Now, it was originally reported it was worth around 200 or four years, 150 so of it was guaranteed. We know that's not entirely true. No, now. Rogers himself came out onto Twitter and said, yes, I will be a Green Bay Packer next year. No, the terms of the contract that you are seeing are inaccurate. No contract has, in fact, been signed yet. So after all of this circus, after all of this drama, after all of this will he, won't he, he said, she said, he's winking at Mike Tomlin. Denver seems like a good place. They just hired his former offensive coordinator. What about Tennessee? All the pieces are in place except for him there. He slide right in and become a Super Bowl contender in the Music City. All of that noise just ended up being noise. There was no actual legitimacy to it. At least that's what I think sitting here. I think it was just a total ploy to try to drive that price up with the Packers because I don't think he was ever realistically going to leave the Packers unless they just completely washed their hands of him and said, we're not paying you all that money. Mm-hmm. I think he knew they would eventually pay him. And I think if you put all of those teams in a box, Denver, Green Bay, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh, which one would you want to pick first? If you, Jake, were the two-time MVP and had to go play for either one of those teams. And take the whole, I was born in Pittsburgh and I'd love to lead the black and gold out of the tunnel away from it. And was I already playing in Green Bay like Aaron Rodgers was? Yes. Then it'd be Aaron, then it'd be Green Bay. It just seemed like that was the obvious choice from the beginning. Not just because he was already there, but also... I don't think any of the other teams that were rumored to get him were closer to a Super Bowl than the Green Bay Packers were. Would you say the only team that maybe gets thrown in there is Tennessee if he's their quarterback? No, because Tennessee was just a one-and-done team. I mean, similar to the Packers. Right, so. but before the one-and-done this year, they were NFC Championship game. NFC Championship game. The NFC Packers were. Right, exactly. Sure, yeah. So, And he's been in there and done that before in the Super Bowl. So, It's been a long time since he's done it, but... I just it's been even longer since Tennessee has done it. I feel like, yeah, the Packers just are so obviously far and away. That team, as far as the teams that were rumored to get him, that is ready to win a Super Bowl next year. I mean, with Aaron Rodgers under center on any of those four teams, the favorite would be the Green Bay Packers with him to win the Super Bowl. They just have the better overall team and a system that he is extremely familiar with. Uh, I did see a report. They brought back their their old quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. I'm blanking on his name right now, but they bring him back to be the quarterback's coach for Aaron Rodgers a this year. A big fan, Rodgers, is of, of this guy. Yeah, I, I just think that's another you know sign or writing on the wall that 
all of this stuff about, oh, the Titans are kicking the tires, the Steelers have a deal in place, the Broncos have a deal in place, was all just to try to gain leverage and push the Packers into doing kind of his bidding. And I think the hiring of him as the quarterback's coach really illustrates that because that was a total Rodgers move. I mean, that was totally Rodgers saying, yeah, I want to play for Green Bay, but hey, I want to get paid. You're going to have to pay me some money. And I also want, you know, some concessions made to me as far as the staff is concerned. Mainly, I would like this guy to come back and be my quarterback's coach. I thought we had a really good rapport with each other when he was here before. So I think think that shows Roger has some power in this. And I think it's just all, it was all just a ploy for him to gain more leverage against the Packers. And, of course, the the news breaking came via him. It came via his personal announcement to Pat McAfee. It wasn't going to be any other way. I think it was planned from— Well, we all knew it was going to be either on the McAfee show or Pat was going to break it. Minute like, one, was, this, yeah. was, this was going to be Aaron Rodgers kind of dangling the NFL and dangling the NFL fans by puppet strings, just dancing along, saying, oh, I could go this way, oh, I could go this way, yeah, but I know for I'm sure go. the NFL and fans and teams like the Steelers and the Titans, I guess if you, if you bought into it, which I never did, I don't think you really ever did, and people with a brain really never did— but, yeah, some people did buy into it, and they got excited, and he played them. But the main ploy from the marionette puppeting was the Green Bay Packers. I mean, that was the team that he targeted will I, the most. Will I not Yeah, exactly. Back. And it's like you got all these great players. You've got two stud running backs. Your defense is starting to round into better form all of a sudden over these past couple years. LeFleur is really starting to get his feet wet as far as You're a You're going to have Bogdiari back next year fully exactly. healthy. Exactly. The line was suspect this year, but it didn't have its all-pro tackle. Maybe one of the best tackles in football. He's coming back, and Rodgers is right-hand man. And you got a whole other offseason now where you can kind of— I know you're in cap hell, but— Let's be honest, the salary cap in the NFL is a myth if you want it to be. You can always try to find ways to circumvent it. Add to that offense. All the pieces were there for him to want to go to Green Bay, for him to want to stay in Green Bay. He just wanted to get that price up. He just wanted to get as much cash as possible. And we still don't know how much cash that is, but kind of the inverse from guys like a Brady or guys like a Roethlisberger. Where they're willing to take a pay cut in order to help the team around Especially Roethlisberger when you look at Final year, I know Rodgers still has more left in the tank at this point than Ben did at that point, but final year, looking yourself in the mirror, recognizing team needs more help, salary cap hell. It's also a little bit different, I'm too. I'm going to take a pay cut. Because Rodgers at his age versus Ben is hit at his age, different Just completely different stories, yeah. But different caliber of player. I mean, I think Ben knew there wasn't much left in the tank. Aaron Rodgers is coming off of back-to-back MVP seasons. I think he's looking for back-to-back MVP kind of money like you started the segment with. Now, the interesting story that came almost immediately after... I mean, within a 24-hour span. ...was the franchise tagging of Devontae Adams. Mm -hmm. I really would love to be a fly on the wall in the Adams household because that's a lot of money and it's all guaranteed. I mean, the second he signs the tag, that's in your bank account. I mean, it's not legitimately like that where it's instant, but... You it's could, about as automatic as you it could can lose be. your leg tomorrow. Like it could get amputated, and you're getting all of that money that it was promised to you. So on that side of things, it's great. But if you lose your leg tomorrow and you get all that guaranteed money, you can't play in the NFL anymore, and you don't have any security. You don't have a long term deal. So in place. you think the Adams family is a little ups- <laughs> good one? The Adams family is a little upset that we know Rogers are going to get this big payday with multi-years attached to this contract, whereas Adams is, it's all guaranteed, that's great, but 
one year and no that's security it. on it at no, all. No, what, not whatsoever. So, and and also, I would look at it from a standpoint of if I'm Adams, I'd be like, why am I in this position now where I have to bet on myself? Like, he doesn't have a choice about the franchise tag. It's no pl- players are powerless when it comes to being tagged. So it's not like he is gonna you know clamor for this or any player would clamor for this. But I would also just be sitting there and think. You know, when Bud Dupree got the franchise tag, it made sense because, A, you couldn't afford to sign him long-term with all the contracts that you had up in the cap space you had. But also, B, yeah, he had a good year prior to that tag, but you kind of wanted to make sure he had another good year. You didn't want to give him all of that money in term if he was going to fall off the cliff after his one good year. So Adams is probably like, yo, there's no cliff coming. I've established myself as a top three wide receiver has, in the if NFL. Not one. Yeah. Cooper Cup might be the only one sure. that I'd throw up there as debate as of right now. As but just because that. of the one year he had this year, Adams has been doing this for a forever, couple of years now. Forever now with Aaron Rodgers, and it's Aaron Rodgers' right hand. Man, it's the best receiver. It's the best playmaker that Aaron Rodgers has ever played with in his career. Yeah, and and Rodgers has said that himself. It's funny that they were such a package deal, and I, I, I do not blame the Packers because this is the right move. You're in cap hell. Rodgers is clearly not going to give you much of a help as far as that's concerned. You got a franchise tag, Adams. You just don't have the term. You don't have the money to sign him to a three- or four-year deal like he probably wants. Now, Adams is going to sign that tag. He's going to play in Green Bay. He wants to play with Rodgers. Rodgers wants to play with him. That's been well-documented. I just think it's funny the two sides of the coin where you have Rodgers getting all this term, all this money that will eventually find out what the legit term and legit money value is on his contract. Versus Adams, who's getting a ton of guaranteed money. That receiver position is well paid. So the top five, the average of that, it's going to be a lot you know of money what the for number him. Is exactly I'll, this pro- year? I'll look it up okay. in, in a second here, but there's no term attached to it, and he's going to have to be doing this song and dance again next year. And maybe the Packers are talking to him openly and saying, "Hey, franchise tag this year, sign it, and we'll continue to be in negotiations for a long-term deal. Next year, we'll open up some more cap space, and then we'll sign you to a two or three-year deal. That's all fine and dandy." But in the back of Adams's mind, he knows it's great that they're having these conversations with me and, and being open to a long-term future here. They just can't make it work now. But I know if I get really hurt, they're going to turn on me. There's no loyalty as far as organizations are concerned to any players, really. So it's 18.4 mil for wide receivers. It's a ton of money. It's a lot of money. However, someone like Devontae Adams is very capable of securing a – Four-year deal, Probably like Rogers with did. about thirty million guaranteed in it, thirty-five million guaranteed in it, with a lot on top of that. Yeah, like seventy total, eighty total, but like thirty-five, four, maybe forty guaranteed if you have a great. I mean, agent. you're talking about four, five times as much money on a real contract compared to what Devonte Adams is getting this year. And the, I think the more important, the most important part here is the no security after the one year. Yeah, that's always what's so scary about the franchise tag. I mean, look I mean, what happened to Bud Dupree. Well, he got hurt, and, and and you're right, it was scary, but it worked out anyway because the Titans signed him long-term sure. and he got the contract. But there was a moment of him probably in anguish because he's like, yeah. this is the worst time of my career to potentially have It's the worst time of like any this, player's career to, to, get, to a, get injured. A season-ending injury. Yeah, and again, in Bud's case, rehabbed it great, came back for the Titans this year, was injured-ish for his first season with Tennessee, but... I think he, although the numbers wouldn't bear it out, he didn't lead the team in sacks. I think he was like third or fourth, honestly. He still had a decent year. I think he was a big part of that renaissance for Tennessee's defense, for becoming a more stout pass-rushing unit. 
by adding a piece like him to it. So it worked out for him, but I bet there was some really restless nights in that uh, end of the season to the offseason where he's wondering, yeah, I know I'll rehab my knee, but is there a team out there that really believes that I'll rehab yeah. my knee and give me that term and give me that contract that I wanted? He did, but it's never. it doesn't always work out that way. You know, you could get very seriously injured and— I'm not saying that Adams breaks his leg and the Packers decide to move on from him next year. He's not going to sign anywhere. But the term might be significantly less, maybe like a year or two, and the monies is what's really going to take a hit there too. So you're on a risk. But the the other bright side is he plays all 17 games, puts up 1,500 yards. Now he's going to be making more than he he ever ever would have. And then you kind of screw the Packers because if they would have just got the deal done this year – Probably They're save a couple million less, dollars than right. you would have had to if that money went up. And by the way, you ball out, you make all that extra money that's going to be coming to you in your next contract on top of the $18 million you got in your bank account that's all guaranteed. Sure. So it's a big risk, but man, if you stay healthy and produce, you can really, really put the boots to the team that's trying to put the boots to you. And he doesn't need to play all 17 games. He doesn't need to put up Cooper Cup kind of numbers. No, he can miss a couple. Like he can, and he's as long playing as he with Aaron Rodgers. Devastatingly injured. He's he's playing he with fine. Aaron Rodgers. He's gonna be if he stays healthy enough. If he plays 14 games, I think he's okay. Do you see a receiver slash? Or I'm sorry. Do you see a quarterback in this league player more than Rodgers force feeds Adams? No, because we saw it. Worse in in its worst case in the NFC divisional game against San Francisco on that last drive, he's looking for Devontae Adams deep. Scandling. Wide open in the middle of the field. I mean, just wide open. You probably could have hit that pass. I mean, he was. There was no one around him. I mean, no, there wasn't. It was kind of shocking to see a quarterback like Rodgers not, I don't want to say panic, but. Certainly not have the full scope of the field. He knew he was going to Adams, and credit to the Niners for knowing he was going to Adams too. They just threw like three three guys all over him and said throw it to someone else. And he didn't. Rodgers didn't want else. to. He didn't want to do so it. So no. I think that's the best example to use when asking that kind of question. And I also because it's in the biggest stakes. You are trying to keep your team alive, and you cannot do it. I also don't think there's a higher percentage pass as far as success rate. In the NFL, Rogers back Adams. shoulder Adams throw like the ten yards out. Sure. Need to first down. Adams runs out, little curl, throw it to the back shoulder. It's it's almost automatic that they're going to get those ten yards. And he's just a phenomenal route runner. He's physical. He's strong. He's fast. He's a full package as far as a wide receiver is concerned. And you know, you talk about Adams versus Cooper Cup, and Cup's numbers were just absurd this year. Make him the king of the hill when it comes to the wide receiver position, but. Looking at the whole package, if you just put them both in a room, Adams is the one that you would look at and say, that's the guy that is the prototypical number one receiver, the size, the speed, the strength. You might make the wrong choice because appearances can be deceiving in the case of Mr. Cooper Cup. Yeah, he's shorter. He's obviously got the speed. Uh, the strength isn't as much as uh, Devontae Adams or some of the premier receivers in the league are concerned. But, but he's reliable. Don't be surprised. That route running yeah. is unbelievable, and I don't think there's a receiver. In, the in fact, too. I know there's not a receiver that's gotten more wide open in the NFL all last right. year than Cooper Cup. But Adams is right there, right at the top of the game when it comes to the receiving core. Green Bay, whether he's happy about the franchise tag or not, has both of their big guns back this year. 
You said they're going to get Bakhtari back. You mentioned that earlier. They got Dylan and they got Jones in the backfield. Those are a really good one-two punch, one of the best one-two punches sure. in football. I think A.J. Dillon's going to have a really you good year. You said that before on the show. When... You kind of saw last year like Dylan move up above Jones in the depth chart sometimes. Uh, scored the only touchdown against the San Francisco 49ers in that NFC playoff game. So maybe Dylan ends up becoming more of a running back one this year, but... Jones out of the backfield and, and catching the ball is, is such a great asset to them as well. He's almost their second-best receiver, if you want to really boil it down mm. to that, behind Devontae Adams. But the whole the, the, the band is back together. You know, Rodgers sure. tried to play this, oh, this is the last dance last year. Well, everybody's back this year in Green Bay. I guess to wrap up talking about Rodgers and the Packers, do you see anything being different? Or do you see just another dominant regular season with playoff disappointment looming? I don't know. It's tough. You, you, Remember, you, you, the you, NFC is really weak when you think about it, so especially we're, we're, at the quarterback position. We're going to talk about Russell Wilson here in a bit. Yeah. But you no longer have to worry about a Seahawks-led, fully healthy Russell Wilson. No, you don't. You didn't have to worry about that last year either because he wasn't healthy and the Seahawks lost all those games without him. You don't have to worry about Brady anymore. I mean, I think it's it, – when looking at the NFC – Those are two top dogs that just left. It's Aaron Rodgers, and name me one quarterback who's even close to his tier in the NFC. Not his tier, but the only other Stafford. one is Stafford that I would put up there as far as elite is concerned. So you've got Rodgers and you've got Stafford. I think Kyle Brandt had the tweet. He was like, NFC quarterbacks, Rodgers, Stafford, Dak, question mark, Cousins, question mark, and then he went AFC quarterbacks, and it was just the picture everybody. of the Predator Monster movie with like Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers. It's like everybody's in the freaking AFC. Really weak crop as far as NFC quarterbacks is concerned. Saying that, though, he lost to Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs last year. Doesn't for absolutely have time, to be a world beater to for beat the second him. time yeah. in three years. Yeah, doesn't have to be a world beater to get to, to Rodgers. But the field has gotten weaker now without Brady. Now I would say Wilson. an already kind of weak field has gotten sure. weaker because yeah. you had Brady, Wilson, Stafford, and Rodgers, and Stafford was kind of Stafford kind of had to prove it last year, and he did. He did, yeah. So yet those four and Dak maybe has, Dak. Dak has yet to prove it, right? So like, you only had four legitimate ones. Well, three, I guess, before Stafford proved it. Two of those guys are gone now. So yeah, the crop has definitely become weaker, and I think the path is a lot. Simpler. I mean, however, we said Kirk that Cousins in Minnesota maybe worries you, but you'll beat the division. You'll win the division over them. The Lions are nothing, and I the field fields is going to be good. I think. Sure. I just don't think it's going to be this year. We have said to reiterate a point that you're trying to make. The the path is there. We have said that the last two years. Yeah, that's the that's the he thing. Had, with these guys. He had he got to the NFC Championship game with home field advantage for the first time in his career. Tom Lost. Brady beat him. Lost. He had. First round by home field advantage, guaranteed, but lost in snowy, snowy day in Lambeau, freezing temperatures. A California team comes after, into your stadium after when you lost in San Francisco in the NFC Championship game two years ago, and you said in the post game coverage, "We got to get these at Lambeau." It, it, it's a different game if they're coming to Lambeau in the winter in the snow. <laughs> no, the, the oh and two you, in you big games. You had there. that opportunity to prove that was going to be correct, and you lost. And you lost. And, and not I, only did you lose, your offense, which you claim to be is the most prolific offense, the best, you and Adams, unstoppable, and you put up 10 points. 
everybody pointed to, oh, they got that punt block. They didn't get the punt block if the special teams wasn't so terrible. Well, that terrible. special teams is so terrible. It is awful. And they hired a really good special teams coordinator to come in and try to fix things off. It was um, Basaglia, Rick Basaglia, the Raiders interim head coach. Oh, okay. They brought him in to try to shore up things on the Who Green Bay Who turned around team. that entire season in, in and, Vegas. Uh, yeah, he'll do great with the special teams in, in Green Bay. I, he's well-respected around the league as far as a top-tier special teams coach. So that'll probably get fixed up. I think that's the one unit that you can really oh, fix absolutely. up with coaching because that's all discipline and that's all just making sure you're on your p's and q's but everybody points to that oh they blocked the punt they tied the game and then they ended up winning it's like that block punt should have made the score 28 to 10 like they should have been up by three or four touchdowns already i understand oh it's windy oh bad temperatures you're aaron Rodgers, bro your arms you should have been up through that wind. you should have been up by two touchdowns exactly it should have so been a, it would it would have it would not have been a game breaker 100 percent. and i think that's what people try to gloss over too much is that 10 points at home from the mvp two time two time reigning mvp that's just not good enough that's not going to cut it when it comes to trying to get over not that even close and getting to that nfc championship game again which they fell comically short of this uh, season and we'll see how it happens they're going to make the playoffs i mean they're they're the best i would argue they are the best regular season team of the past decade in the nfl i mean they're always going yeah like 13 other wins. than maybe tom in new england new england but with him moving yeah that's the only other one that i would put up there as potential argument against but with that, but those, even those so, guys had the postseason success too. even so well that's a great point tom wasn't winning every year 13, 14 games per year. It seems like they He was do. winning like 12, it seems maybe like the 13, but 11. Win 13 games. Like, it just seems like always. it's a guarantee for them. I think they've won 13 games each of the last three they years. They got blown out at the beginning of the year this year when 0 1. Everybody was like, what's the deal with the Packers? And they ripped off like nine straight games to get their record back in straight. Yep. Like, it's they're the best regular season team in the past decade, I think. It's just that postseason success has always been something they can't grab onto. All right. Not the only big move that happened. We don't have that much time left, so this will definitely bleed over into our next episode that we do the Steelers Standard. But Russell Wilson getting the move to the Denver Broncos. This is something that absolutely affects the Steelers because it's just another team that's going to be vying for those wild card spots. We've said many a time on this show in this offseason, the Steelers, it doesn't look like the division is really going to be even remotely in the cards next year. Even if Mason Rudolph comes out and shows us that he is a good NFL quarterback or they draft somebody who jumps on the scene right away and is electric right from the start. Or Mitchell Trubisky comes in and ends up capturing some magic right. that he had back in North Carolina and starts playing like a number two overall pick. Even if any of those scenarios happen, Bengals and Ravens are just two teams that might be too much to overcome, especially if the Ravens get healthy which we expect them to over this offseason and have a healthier 2022 than 2021. And then, you know, you hate to say it because he's such a joke, but the Brownies have a great roster regardless of who's at quarterback. So it's not like... It's just their quarterback. Right, but it's not like the usual Browns where it's like, ah, two-win team, easy. But like, even with him struggling, they'd get to seven wins probably as the, the low watermark because I mean, they're they just such a good team. You, right? right, so it's a really bear of a division... I think there's two clear-cut teams in front of the other two with the Ravens and the Bengals. I think those are the two teams that would be the favorites to win. I think the Browns and the Steelers, and obviously whoever falls between the Bengals and the Ravens, they're all fighting for a wild-card spot. And Russell Wilson just threw a team's hat in the ring that was not even close to being in the ring until that trade was made. We speculate all along, oh, if Rodgers goes to Denver, then they're all of a sudden there. They're all of a sudden right there. But right now, eh, Drew Locke, eh, not really buying it. Not ready yet. Now they got Russell Wilson, and 
there's no question that they are not just a contender for the wild card, but above the Steelers and the Browns as far as the wild card sure. positioning is. Absolutely. I think when you look at the AFC, we talked about the NFC quarterbacks being three guys maybe. In the, NFC, in the AFC side of things, you have Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, uh, no one really, no one really in the South, but uh, yeah, no one in the South yet. But Lawrence could show up though. But in the AFC West now, you it's have the best football division, Mahomes, it's the best division, of Herbert and Russell Wilson. So that's six teams and right Derek there. Carr. I'm not gonna let you forget about Derek Carr. Top five in passing yards last wrong. year. Derek Carr is a great quarterback. Yes, but I think guaranteed upper echelon quarterbacks right now in the NFL are those six guys. You can maybe throw in Carr there if you want to. That's fine. However, I'm going to tell you this right now. Carr had a better season than Wilson last year. That's fine. I mean, that's just fact. What I'm trying to say is those six guys, we can agree, are great quarterbacks. Derek Carr, yes, too. But those are six teams right there because of their quarterback play alone. If healthy, those teams are making the playoffs. So that leaves one spot open in the AFC. You and you and we just guys highlighted like, like Mac Jones in New England, who's not up there yet, but had a good season and went to the playoffs. Maybe last two year. of the Dolphins get the back Dolphins there. Looked good, and I maybe like their coach. Lawrence. Maybe Lawrence with a better head coach, wakes getting up. Travis Etienne for a fully healthy season. Maybe he has a a much better sophomore season. Obviously, drafting that Alabama lineman Evan Neal with the first overall sure. pick to shore up their offensive line. Yeah, Jacksonville could be better. Not saying they're going to be great, but they could be better. But then you also throw in other teams like Derek Carr and the Raiders. Yeah, and a team that beat Justin Herbert of the Chargers went to the playoffs last year in what was already one of the tougher divisions in football before you threw in a Hall of Fame quarterback it is in Russell the, Wilson. So here's the funny thing is that Russell Wilson went from the best division in the NFC to the best division in the AFC. But I think right now, with his with those quarterbacks, I think a, the AFC West with Russell is better than the NFC West with Russell. There is just not another division that doesn't have a weak, quote unquote, weak link at quarterback. Like, no. you look at the the East and Tua, you have no idea what he's going to be. Mac Jones, you still don't know what he's going to be. And you can even say the same about Trevor Lawrence. So there's a lot of question marks there. Baker Mayfield and Mason Rudolph, just a lot of question marks well, Trevor there. Trevor Lawrence when it isn't comes in to the, the East. North. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. The uh, Zach Wilson for the Jets. That's what I meant. Jury's still out on him. Doesn't look that great so far, but still have to give him a chance in his sophomore season. Uh, Lawrence in the South. The South is really uh, no idea who the Colts are going to have at quarterback really anymore weak. with the Wentz trade. Uh, if it, uh, right now, as we sit here talking, it's Sam Ellinger. So Ellinger is terrible. Uh, Tannehill has proven that he can't do it. They're going to move on from him. The Texans. I uh, just don't see them trying to deploy him for another season. I feel like they're going to draft a quarterback in this draft class and have him be the guy. There's In the NFC side, we could go through this all day. There's weak links everywhere. I don't see a weak link in the AFC West. Every single quarterback no, is, there is not capable one. of getting to the playoffs. I know Herbert hasn't gotten to the playoffs yet, but I, I think there's no question in everybody's mind that he's at least capable of getting a team to the playoffs. He, he looks the part. But Carr's been there twice. Wilson's won a Super Bowl, been to two Super Bowls. Mahomes, the same deal as him. Herbert's the only one that needs to finally get that playoff appearance, you know, checked a, off. Not even a win, an appearance. But that's going to happen soon. Is it? With now, oh, no, who knows? with Russell Wilson thrown into the mix, Denver's not going to just roll over for you to get two wins now. And we know the Raiders aren't going to roll over and tie you to get you into the game. because No, they beat you last they year. They beat you last year to get into the playoffs. So 
Things got a lot, lot tougher for Justin Herbert as far as trying to get his first playoff appearance under his belt is concerned. We're going to keep diving into this Russell Wilson trade because it means so much as far as the AFC is concerned. We'll get into the Wentz to the Commanders trade in depth as well in our next episode. But that's all the time we have for you on this edition of the Steelers Standard. For Jacob Recht, I am Tom Offerman, and we will talk to you guys next time.